You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I am Kristen Maxwell, and this is your superpowered mind. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, I am truly excited to be talking to Daniel Mangana about the process of creating true abundance. And Daniel Mangana is a podcast host, a best-selling author, an international speaker, and an entrepreneur who has built his career around sharing some tools that he discovered when his life was in such a difficult place that he was considering suicide. He has created a life that uh, many people um, obviously look up to. He's been featured by Oprah, um, featured in Forbes and Entrepreneur, and he continues to guide people in their process of creating true abundance. And I am truly excited to be speaking with him because I am always curious about what does it take when your life looks so bleak to turn it all around and find meaning and abundance and love and belonging. And he seems to have some ideas about how to do that. So welcome, Daniel. Thank you for having me. Really happy to be here and to dive in. Yes. And that's what I love to do. So my first question is always what superpower did you uncover in the process of mastering your mind? As I continue the process of seeking to master my mind, uh, one of the superpowers I would say that's become most evident to me actually emerged from my um, my diagnosis of Asperger's that happened when I was 27 years old. And that's that if there's anything systemized, I can literally learn it in a heartbeat. If you give me anything that's got a step-by-step process, I'll be able to master it anything. It doesn't matter what it is. But if something doesn't have a step-by-step process that I can get my head wrapped around, then I can sometimes, no matter how simple it is, actually going to complete and utter overwhelm and anxiety. It's really funny to see it action. Okay. (laughs) I love that you said that because one of the things I'm very much about process myself, and I wrote down, I always do preparation, you know, reading people, read about what they've done. And I wrote down for you, which I've never, ever done before is it is what needs to change in people before they can transform which is such a process question and for some reason I really like what is it that allows people to transform because if you're into process and you're into transformation what do people need to do where do they start as Cheesy and maybe obscenely obvious as it may sound, the first thing you need to do is actually identify what you're transforming into, because a lot of us are caught up on what we're transforming away from, Mm. or running towards a transformation outcome that's not even self-directed, it's culturally directed, it's fear-directed, it's program-directed, it's keep up with the Joneses directed or beat the Joneses directed. Um, So stopping and really diving into the heart and seeing what sits in there as where the desire is for where we want to go, that's what I would advocate as the very first step. Hmm. And what do you see? I mean, you sort of said, um, 
uh, things that get in the way of doing that, mm-hmm. like going by things that are um, sort of dictated by society or expectations. Mm-hmm. But do you find that people have a hard time sometimes figuring out what it is that they really want? Yeah, because it's not something we've ever really trained to do. We've spent our life doing what other people told us to do or doing what we thought we were supposed to be doing. I mean, when I first started working with people one-on-one back in 2017 or 2018, one of the two, I was working with a lot of people going through um, midlife crisis. I didn't look for people going through midlife crisis. What ended up happening was helping people that were working with a clean slate of some sort. And what I was finding time and time again was that people were going through a period in their life where their identity that they had been chasing after hit the brick wall of really recognizing the illusionary and transitory nature of what they've been chasing after. So people spent you know, 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 years getting the white picket fence, the 2.4 kids, the exact model of the SUV plus the other one, the holiday home, the job, the career, and then realized, hang on a minute, this isn't even what I want. I need off of this roller coaster. And there was a dramatic jump that people were making that ended up with drink and alcohol that ended up with extramarital affairs. It ended up with blowing up a family or going and getting a motorcycle. And when people had the framework and the structure to pause, to reconnect with who they were before, these ideas took hold and built this momentum and to start to create a true blueprint of what they desire. It's what I call the ideal life blueprint there's magic that happens there. But for, for so many, it, it's just been playing out the program, playing out the stories, playing out the cultural expectations and ID, 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 identity versus their own uh, choice about what they want to experience. Mm, that's great. I really want to deep um, dive a bit more deeply into this and sort of pull it apart because I always like to say, you know, what does this mean for the mm-hmm. people who are listening and all of that. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. Where can people learn about you and your work? Dreamwithdan.com. That's where everything is. Dreamwithdan.com. Great. Thank you, everybody. Hang on. We will be right back. And I want to go more deeply into a conversation with Daniel about creating true abundance. Hang on. Hi, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens? Then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. So welcome back, everyone. So one of the things that I... um, I love about what you're saying is this idea of an ideal life blueprint that sort of represents what it is that we really want in our heart. And what I find interesting is that people often focus on what they want in the external world. Mm -hmm. When what I think often is going on, at least this is the way I look at it, is there it's actually they're wanting almost a feeling state. Yeah, it's true. We don't want the thing for the thing. We want the thing for what the thing does. The material world is there to express and to feed back into the immaterial world, which is where the true experience of life happens. But what happens is, is either people get obsessed with just the external 
or they get obsessed with just the internal and don't recognize the relationship between the two, but very, very much. So it's, it's the, it's the emotional payoff that we're seeking. Yes. It's that I want to feel connected, purposeful, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever, in any Mm -hmm. of those things. And what I love about that is when you ask people to really step back and, um, you know, feel into or whatever, think about even depending on how they are and how their brain works, um, what it is that they're wanting, who they want to be and what they want to be feeling, it almost opens things up. It's rather than, oh, I need to go get this job or be seen as an expert in this. It's more like I've got a bunch of different ways that I can find this type of connection or uh, really be leading. I don't know. What, what's your experience with that? I mean, everything has, and, and this is, I, I did an Instagram live about this just this morning, that everything's got a layer of consciousness to it. Absolutely everything. And that there's a layer of, there's a, there's a level to that layer of consciousness that gets activated by our desire and gives it purpose that becomes a, a co-creation between us and that thing. And the emotional state that we experience is an expression of the vibrational frequency of that relationship. So what we're really looking for is the relationship, what sits beyond the relationship is the energetic bond between us and the thing. And the emotional payoff is the experience of that in our body. So that's where I think that's where I kind of sit with it. Uh, and I, I think, again, so many people get caught up in either just chasing the thing or just being in the non-physical experience, whether that's in meditation or chasing off to go and do journeys or even chasing up things like plant medicine, which has become very popular at the moment, people going off into the ethers to, to try and reconnect. When again, we are here in physical form to have the physical experience, which encompasses all of those aspects. Yes, I do love that. And there's a way in which it seems almost um, helpful to point out that our body, we get the pleasure of having a body in this experience. Mm. And Mm. sometimes even looking at the body as something that's, you know, what does the body want? (laughs) Which and what is the body experiencing? Sort of cut off from just just the head, or um, you know what's just going on inside with our thinking. Anyway, that's that's a sort of a, an aside. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so one of the things that I find interesting is that um, a lot of what you do, you know, it seems like your emphasis is very much yes to to bring together the external and the internal so that we're not just focused on chasing the thing and Mm -hmm. we're not just sitting in the ethers and Mm -hmm. meditating or doing medicine or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like we're in real world. And what I notice is with a lot of your programs or a lot of, I think where people come into you is financially. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say about that? I mean, it's probably Mm -hmm. obvious, but I'm just curious. (laughs) So that wasn't the case at at first. At first, it was really just, hey, let's consciously create your own reality. But what I was finding time and time again is I was meeting the excuse of, I'd love to sit and do this work, but I need to pay the bills. I'd love to sit and do this work, but I've got debts. I'd love to sit and do this work, but I've got this mission and I don't have the resources to do it. And I was like, well, you know, there's not a different, you know, God didn't put together a different playbook for these different ways different things that we create like it's the same playbook but our distorted viewpoint gives the perspective that these playbooks are different so we look at the same playbook in different contexts and think it's different but it's not it's the same thing and so the same tools 
that we're applying to consciously creating our reality as a whole can be directed into finances. The really cool thing about finances is it's measurable. You can BS test me. If I say, okay, we're going to apply these principles. Uh, we're going to take you to financial freedom. You know, We're going to take you to six figures in your life or business. We're going to take you to you know a million dollars or whatever, which we've done. You know, We've done that many, many people over the years. Either it works or it doesn't. There's no, oh, you know, well, it's still in the vortex and hold on, give me another 20,000 and maybe we'll get it next time. It's like, I've done it or I haven't done it, right? There's no ifs, buts, or maybes. If I was like, let's do it on your happiness or let's do it on your connection to your purpose. I could have you fill in a quotient test, but it's not as irrefutable as the money being there on the screen. And so money became number one, a way to remove that excuse that was coming up so often for the people that I was getting the opportunity to serve. And number two, a very measurable way to track what we're doing. And then the really cool thing is because it is the same playbook, we can take that mastery that we've developed through the playground of money and apply it to health, to purpose, to to our relationships, to to our, the, our mission, our purpose, all of it, because it is the same playbook. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, I love that. There you can't, you remove the excuse. It's either there mm-hmm. or it's not energetically. You are <laughs> either applying it or you're not. And see, yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. there's no, there's just, there's just, I, I like, for me, the numbers don't lie. Okay. So, for example, I was, uh, I did an event, I think it was last May, I did this event. And, um, you know, I asked everyone, I think we had three or 400 people live. I was like, how many people have like a mind movie or vision board? And hundreds of people, oh, me, me, me. I said, how many of you are using it exclusively? Oh, yeah, it's the thing. Oh. I said, how many of you is it working for? And one person tried to argue with me. Oh, it, it, kind, it kind of works. I feel really good. So I know it's coming, but it's not here yet. That's so interesting. Right? Yes. It's not here yet. Uh, and I was like, but you're doing the same vision board party every year with your girlfriends and you drink champagne or Prosecco and you feel really good about yourselves and you've got your gym jams on or whatever, but you're making the same vision board every year. Maybe something has to change. And vision boards, my movies, amazing tools. I watch my mind movie every single night, but it serves a, a role in an overall approach to consciously creating my own reality, not standing alone as a singular thing, uh, a magical bullet that's going to change everything. Yeah. I love that. So if you're wanting to consciously create your own reality, where do people start? Well, you did say you start, you get an ideal life blueprint. Yes. So you get this idea. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I also like process. I love trying to. <laughs> um, I used to be a litigator and I used to love to pick up such around part situations and say, what here? you know, who did what and who did there. And that's the same thing I like to do now with, with this sort of. So if you're, you've got this sense and you're like, okay, this is what I want to go towards. What mm-hmm. do you do next? Because th- there's this way in which we have sort of a a yearning or a sense whenever we do this. Well, I'm not there. I'm not mm. there. So it's, it's the sense of there. I'm some. There's something wrong with me, or I don't have this. Mm. Which there's that feeling. What What do you do with that feeling? Mm. You put it in its proper place in the bin. oh if only it were that easy (laughs) if only it were that easy well it's that simple but not that easy right because i think it's tony robbins that said change doesn't take time change takes an instance what takes time is getting ready to make the change 
And so what I would advocate right now is once we've identified the ideal life blueprint, which is a process that we take people through, we then get really clear on where we are across the board. And that's being brutally, ruthlessly honest about where we are, not in a self-deprecating, self-flagellating way, but no, just like lovingly and with compassion, identifying where we are in relation to that goal. And then we can start to look at the things that we're not ready to let go of. Again, Mm -hmm. change doesn't take time. Change takes an instance. What takes time is what do, it's getting ready to make that change. And most of the time I've seen both working with people over the past five or six years and over my own personal development journey over the last 22 years is what I'm not prepared to let go of. The thing I'm holding on to is the block to what I want. And so I can talk about how I want to be, you know, how I want to be, how I want to show up and what I want to create all day long. If I haven't yet acknowledged and gotten to a place where I'm ready to let go of the things that I'm holding on to that are standing in the way, all of us for naught. Yes. And I can see that. And so, and with a lot of people that I work with, uh, maybe let me see if I'm going down the right path. There's something that they're trying to achieve and there are actions that they need to be Mm -hmm. taking. And they know Mm -hmm. they need to. These just Mm -hmm. have to be taken. And what sometimes comes up is this resistance of Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to. I don't want Mm -hmm. to. I don't Mm -hmm. want to. And so when you've got people like when they've got something they're not ready to let go of, Mm -hmm. what do they do? Are they stuck? <laughs> yeah, they're stuck. That is the definition of stuck. If you've got something that you're not ready to let go of. And the thing is, I mean, you've got to remember that oftentimes there's a battle going on, right? There's the, um, there's the unconscious and the conscious aspect of ourself. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, the unconscious is always going to win, though. And so it's, it's really futile putting energy into trying to fight the unconscious because it operates at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. So I can have whatever conscious desire I want. If it's not aligned, with what's going on at the unconscious level, there's only one of those bad boys that's going to win. And it's not the conscious. It's going to be the unconscious. But the really cool thing that we've discovered in the work we do around money DNA is that you can actually use your love language, uh, Gary Chapman's model of the love language, to identify how to communicate the new idea to the unconscious so that it actually gets on board with you to the new idea. Because a lot of the time people are doing you know, I'm doing, they'll do mirror work. They'll scream affirmations into the sky, whatever the the latest fandangle is in terms of changing their mind. And yet all of us have a way that our unconscious mind actually receives and processes inputs optimally. And if we just understand that and start to communicate the new identity, the new idea, the new goal, the new vision in that languaging, then you can get the buy-in from the unconscious, the resistance falls away, and then you can actually start to move forward towards your goal. That is really, really cool. Can you give an example of that for, for, sure. some, for some people who don't know what you're talking about with the love languages sure. and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. So, so Gary Chapman um, wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. I know there's many different iterations of the book. I, uh, I don't know how old the book is. I think I first read it about 25 years ago, 20 years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and since then, it's been something that I redo on a regular basis. I we take all of our clients through it and we use the data from that as part of our money DNA model. Money DNA is five pillars that we use to identify our unique individual flow with, with abundance. But pillar three of that is internal communication. And it's understanding that 
again, this point, unless my unconscious buys in, it doesn't really matter what's going on. I'm not going to get to my new goal. And so many people are stuck, whether it's in their fitness goals, in their abundance goals, in their relationships, or even in their personal happiness, because they don't know how to get the buy-in from the unconscious. But what the love language does is it, the original model says, well, how do we receive and outwardly communicate the message of love? That's essentially what it is. And you'll have a primary and you might have a secondary love language. And the love languages are physical touch, gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, and quality time. So here's what I discovered over the course of the years I've been playing with this model and into integrating with, with my work. It's if, let's say, for do, do you know your primary love language? We could use yours I as, do. As an Mine example. is actually, um, well, the, the, way, the way I know my husband loves me mm-hmm. is if he does acts of service with me, acts of service. spends yeah. time with me working on a project around the house. Yeah. Okay. But, so you've got the same you've got the same primary two as me acts of service and quality time so we could, we can use it as an example so you're aware of that okay yeah now even whether you're aware of it or not if your husband came in through the door slapped you on the bum and said come on love let's go have some hand holding time you might be into it but you're not really going to be into it and you're certainly not going to feel the message of love behind it mm-hmm. you're not going to sit there and say hang on a minute we didn't connect you know we didn't spend time together. I didn't feel a resonance. You don't sit and consciously go through that process. At the unconscious level, your mind takes in those inputs, does a calculation, and doesn't come out with the output of I feel loved. When he does come through the door and he's like, oh, you know, I've really missed you. Can we just sit and talk about what's been going with you today? Oh, hang on. Can you see that thing over there? Can we maybe connect while we're doing that together? You're just going to feel that love. Am I wrong? No, you're right. You're right. And let's do you let's s- go work in the garden. I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah, right. But but you don't sit there and stop and say, I have received hand-holding and questions about my day. And then we spend time in the garden. I feel loved. You don't do that. It happens at the unconscious level. And so this gave me a clue to an idea that what that tells us is that when a message in this case, the intentional or unintentional message of love is communicated through acts of service for you and like me, coupled with quality time or even independent of quality time. But when that's in there, it's you know extra special. My brain can translate that as the intended message of love. Mm. And so if I have a new identity that I want to commit. So for example, when I've got a new goal, I ask myself every day, how can I show up today and demonstrate through how I'm acting, how I'm behaving, through the actions that I'm taking, that I'm committed to this goal and this is my new identity or my new reality. As I do that, guess what my unconscious receives through those inputs? There is a new goal. There is a new identity. There is a new reality. And it turns it out and it, it buys in because the mind doesn't have an opinion. It's not saying, sorry, I'm not taking on any new data. We're closed till next year. It doesn't do that. It just needs to receive the messages on a consistent basis in a language that it understands. That's it. That is so interesting. So you're saying with this, when you're asking yourself, you're saying to your brain, Mm -hmm. I am committed to spending Mm -hmm. time (laughs) and Mm -hmm. doing some acts of service towards this goal. Yeah, because I love, you know, it's important to me. This is my And life. also I'm I'm demonstrating through the act shun, because it's the action that the acts of service love language receives, through the action, I'm demonstrating a commitment. If I just did an affirmation or looked in the mirror and said, let's say the goal is 
I don't know. I want to. My I've got a goal, for example, that I want to give a total of a, an additional million dollars this year to philanthropic causes. If I was saying in the mirror, I'm so happy and grateful now that I give money to philanthropic causes, and I'm going to give another million dollars this year, my brain's going to be like, "Oh, great, nice words." Anyway, let's go back to what we're doing. But when I am daily, for example, looking for new projects, connect with people, networking with people, and moving forward assuming that the goal is real and behaving accordingly, then my mind's like, oh, dang, he's serious about this. I guess that's what we're doing now. And I get unconscious support. That means I see opportunities that I didn't see. It means that my behaviors are supporting it. It means that unconsciously, even the energy output that I'm doing is connecting with people in a way where I'm actually calling in opportunities and allowing it to happen with Superflow. Yeah. That's very cool. I love that. Um, that concept of um, really uh, speaking to the unconscious. You know, I, mm-hmm. I do a lot of work with people, right? Again, on why, what, when your behavior just doesn't line up with what it is that you're consciously say you're wanting, you mm-hmm. know, always, it's always, there's something in the subconscious. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really, you got, you cannot overpower that. Uh, programming that you've got, Mm -hmm. or you can through willpower, Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of work, and then you'll eventually give up, you know, that's what Mm -hmm. I've Yeah, so I love this idea of really um, sort of shaping, I guess it's almost like you're shaping your goals and the way you look at them in a way that your body and your subconscious will take them in. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And accept and process accordingly. Yes. Yes. And actually take action and move towards them rather than resisting them. Mm -hmm. So so you mentioned money DNA. That's that's kind of intriguing. What is money DNA? It's a trademarked, (laughs) you'll recognize being a litigator. It's a a concept that I came up with uh, just kind of looking at my obsession with personality profiles and looking at the fact that cookie cutter approaches don't work. Time and time again, what I was seeing with the people that we were serving is that when we approach things in a unique way to them and looked at what their aptitudes were, looked at where their flow existed, we just got results so much faster than trying to do blanket processes. And so a lot of the work that, you know, our our evergreen or recorded stuff, it's really supporting people with finding how to connect with the material in a way that serves them. Um, And the money DNA model is a specific way that we do that to connect with abundance, Uh, but then you can take it and apply it. Again, it's the same playbook, right? You can take it and apply it to anything because the core ideas behind each of the five pillars can be applied to anything. Yes. Love relationships, anything. Yes. Anything. Yeah. So it's really a process of really getting to know yourself. And what yeah. drives you and and um what you want and letting go of the things that are you're not ready to let go of. Exactly. And and we've we know we've got specific personality profiles that we use to get the data points for each of the five pillars. Um we've got the standard ones and we've got ones that we do if we're doing deeper work with people. But generally speaking, you know, it's just a series of questions to be asking yourself, a series of observations to make about your historic performance that you can bring together and uh, see the magic happen. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. I have one, um, you know, one of the things that was suggested that, or that I saw somewhere around you is to this idea that people mindlessly meditate. <laughs> what, what do you suggest people do instead? <laughs> what is mindless meditation? Yeah. So I've got a catchphrase that gets people really riled up called stop meditating. 
you know, it's really funny. Um, I've got, I've got a hat and, you know, I've got t-shirts on the website and people get really, really mad. I'm like, what do you mean? Stop meditating. Meditation is the most important thing in the entire world. What do you mean? And, uh, and I'm like, well, y- yes. And in and of itself, it means nothing. If you just meditate, just meditate, n- nothing, nothing's going nothing's to change. <laughs> and right. yet what people do is they'll stop at just going to use medicine or they'll stop at just doing their yoga or they'll stop at just doing their prayers or going to the church, the synagogue, the mosque or the temple versus recognizing that I then have to... Uh, see what's going on with my unconscious thoughts and how those are standing in the way or supporting what I want and look at my behavior because all of these things are part of who I am. Um, it's, it, it's just mind boggling to me that people, I mean, I have this one woman who's in my work. She spent 50 years in spiritual practice. I mean, this woman sat at the feet of Ram Das and we're still having challenges in her life, but she was diligent with her practice, but she was still playing out the same behavioral patterns because she hadn't addressed her unconscious beliefs yeah. right and yet so many people are doing that they what do they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result it's it's mind-boggling mm. to me that people do that and yet they do they do so, so i invite people to, to bring a level of consciousness direction and intentionality to the use of your spiritual and mindfulness practice and move on from that and take care of your mind take care of your behaviors and get to your goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's coming? What are those thoughts that come back again and again and again and again mm-hmm. and again? And yeah, very interesting. I love that. Okay. I have one more question. This is again Shoot. out of left field, but I was, uh, <laughs> what, what is reality transurfing? Ah, reality transurfing. Um, it's a modality that was invented by invented that was written about by a Russian he's been referred to as a modern mystic called uh, Vadim Zeeland. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I liked about it was very practical. Uh, it really overlaid with the approach I had to reality. And so um, I went off and got certified in it, but there's been a lot of politics in the trans world. So I've kind of stepped back from it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I've, I've kind of stepped back from it. There's a, yeah, there was like some arguments between people in different jurisdictions and stuff about trademarks oh, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. And, yeah, so it got a bit messy, which is unfortunate because it is a very powerful modality that has a lot of potential to help people. Um, Vadim just wanted to to help people, and other people had other things, and I, yeah, it got a bit messy, and so I, I kind of ran away from it personally. I, I don't really have the time for for drama, but it's a very powerful modality, and I would suggest anyone who was interested in it um, go ahead and grab the book Reality Transurf in books one through five. It's a very big book, very repetitive. It's uh, translated from Russian. Um, um, I can say my son's mother's Russian. I can say they, they're very interesting in the way that they approach literature. It's very, very thick in its approach, uh, but there is magic in there. So I would say bear with it. There are a few YouTube channels out there, um, less than there were before because of trademark stuff um, right. and some legal battles that have gone on over time. Uh, but there is some resources you can get. I know there's a couple of people who have got books on Kindle that have done summaries as well. You can get some summaries of the material. And there's a very good book that Vadim did called 78 Days to Transurfing, where he breaks down the key principles over 78 days, which is really, really good as well. So if you really are interested, you can start with the 78 days. And if that interests you, go and get the bigger book. But it's a really cool tool to use. Oh, that's cool. Okay. One final question. You also have a book, 
around um, intentionality. Yes. Okay, can you tell us yes. briefly about that? I don't have the name of it written down here. So uh, it's called Stepping Beyond Intention. Um, okay. It's uh, it outlines my four step model beyond intention about taking intentions and making them a part of your reality, so you can consciously create your world. We look at some of the other aspects of my work and it really sets the playing field for you to go out and and understand the the, the cross-sectionality and the multidimensionality of this playbook that does actually touch every areas of our life yeah yep all this stuff you guys it's so interesting all of you who are <laughs> i mean so much to figure out and so many levels mm-hmm. and you peel back mm-hmm. one level and then there's just another one and it's so fun it's a really fun so, game Okay. I I guess we're out of time. I could really, I'd love to go actually deeper into all of this and understand, but I guess listeners, you're going to have to go check him out at his website. <laughs> Thank you. He's got lots of cool stuff there. Really interesting. Um, your blogs are there or your podcasts and all that sort of stuff. And I love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. And listeners, I thank you for showing up and being here for yourselves. Until next time, go out and remember you do hold the power to transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 